Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. My name's Marion Rose, PhD, and today I'm talking about birth themes. So this is going to be another short episode. I felt inspired to come and talk with you about this today. And this is part of the Effects of Our Birth series. And I've already recorded a few episodes, if you haven't listened to them already, and there will be a few more episodes coming. So I've got some more guests coming on. I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm recording these whilst I'm putting the final finishing touches to my book, The Emotional Life of Babies. I'm really excited about that. So keep an eye out if you are interested in learning more about that. And in the book, I talk quite a bit about babies and how they have these innate inbuilt processes to heal from stress and trauma, including birth trauma. And there's some beautiful stories in there. All the stories are from real people who share their names. And there's some just incredible stories about parents listening to their baby's feelings and supporting their babies to heal from what the baby's experience either during birth or after birth. Oh, I just love the stories so much. So back to today's episode, I thought I would give a few examples of my own life just to really maybe inspire or invite or support or encourage you if you would like to to inquire more into your own birth themes or those of your child or children or partner if you have one. I find that when we understand someone's birth themes, it can really bring a whole lot of clarity and mm, information that can be really supportive in our journey of understanding someone else, but also supporting them to heal, obviously, particularly if they're our child or ourselves in our own healing journey. So you've probably heard me share, if you have been listening to this podcast, I've shared quite a little bit about my own story, my own birth story. I was born premature 55 years ago, and I was in an incubator for five weeks. And now our days, I forget whether it was five weeks or six weeks. I've told the story so many times. Anyway, I was born at 30 weeks and was in an incubator for five or six weeks. Maybe it was five and a half weeks because that is my favorite number, 5.5, let's say that. Anyway, so some of the core themes that I had, obviously one of the biggest ones was separation. I was separated from my mum, from my dad, from my family for all of those weeks. And of course, babies come into the world really expecting the exact opposite. They come into the world really ready to be held, to be having a lot of physical contact. And those attachment needs are so core and so strong for babies. So that was one of my initial experiences of that separation. And I had that separation theme repeated quite a few times in my life. So I was back in those old and olden days, those old fashioned prams. If you think of one of those old fashioned prams, I, that's where I slept. I slept in one of those huge big one. Then I had a really painful experience. I will share the story. I've done a lot of inner work in it, but just to give you a little bit of a notice, it's not a very enjoyable experience. So when I was about two or three 
I wouldn't stop crying. And of course, we know from an aware parenting perspective, little me was trying to heal from those early experiences that I'd had, as well as, of course, just day-to-day experiences. I mean, as a baby, I'd done a lot of dissociating, as babies who experience really severe trauma do. Generally, they go into dissociation because they can't fight or flee. So I'd been doing a lot of dissociating. Now I look back now, that's what I understand. So I imagine at some point there were these feelings were bubbling out. I was really trying to do some healing. And I was crying and crying and crying and I just wouldn't stop crying. And the story that my dad used to tell me is that they just couldn't stop me crying. So they put me in the big old van that they had again, this is a long time ago, Uh, in the garage. It was attached to the house. It was one of those internal garages. They put me in the the big van which had beds. It was kind of like what you might call a camper van nowadays and left me there overnight. And, And my dad used to tell the story of how after that I stopped crying. And of course, we know what was going on from an aware parenting perspective. We've got the very clear message to go back to dissociation again. So I've done so much work on that experience and I have so much compassion for my parents. And, you know, they just had no clue about crying and the healing power and what I was actually trying to do. But as you can imagine, that was another powerful experience of separation. I was also then separated from my mum for a year and a half when I was uh, eight, nine. On the other side of the world, I was in England with my dad. My mum was in Australia and then I had another separation this time from my dad. Uh, So I was in Australia. This was before, actually. So with my mum and away from my dad, you can probably even hear I start going. It was a big thing, as you can imagine. So that was another experience of separation. So you can already see in my life there were these repeated experiences of separation. So I call that then a theme. One of my core themes has been separation. And then, because of the whole England-Australia thing, I travelled back and forth from England to Australia a lot of times with my mum. And then when I became a young adult, I repeated the same. And then when I had children and my parents were still in England and I moved to Australia, I had lots more opportunities. So how interesting, hey? Every time I had these opportunities to separate and to reconnect again and to feel the feelings and often really big feelings would show up for me lots of grief of course lots of grief lots of crying I remember even back in the day this is a very old movie but I remember when love actually first came out was one of my favorite movies and there was a scene in that at the airport I remember now whether it was the beginning or the ending scene, maybe both. And I used to always cry (laughs) seeing that scene. It really helped me connect with those feelings of separation and reunion again. So really seeing how for most of us, we will have these birth themes and we get these opportunities every time this theme gets repeated We have an opportunity for kind of deepening the core beliefs and 
kind of almost getting more stuck. It's almost like you can imagine a truck moving over muddy ground and every time a truck moves over through on the same lines, the mud gets more and more indented until the point where we might get stuck. But also every single time we have a repeated experience, there is an opportunity for healing. And that's my own particular way of looking at life this isn't aware parenting this is the marian method i really see each of these as opportunities for healing that we are wanting to hmm, experience something similar but to this time to have our feelings heard and to receive reparative experiences so i had another theme from the same experience and that was more related to powerlessness so the powerlessness was more from being in the incubator, or it's often now called humidity crib, I think, isn't it? And that powerlessness, of course, of not being able to get out, having various tubes and so on, medical interventions, and being powerless to stop that. So again, if you think about a baby, not a lot. I could have done in terms of fight or flight so dissociation was the option <laughs> and powerlessness if you've explored it and I've done a lot of exploring of powerlessness is very excruciating and again I had repeated experiences of powerlessness and actually those would be they were often the same experiences as the separation ones so thinking about being in a pram separated at night from my parents being put in the van and in particular the things that would help me connect with that were lifts as I've shared about in other episodes and airplanes they would help me connect with those feelings so if you think about my goodness going on planes and I did a lot of traveling so you think about that every single time a plane would have that double whammy of helping me connect both with the separation and with the powerlessness and sometimes I would have really big feelings showing up in relation to aeroplanes so again really seeing each time there's this opportunity for either the kind of deepening of that track or of healing and reparative experience and over time, as I began to understand this more, then I really could optimize these as healing experiences. In other words, to be with the feelings, to express the feelings initially with loving listeners. And then increasingly, as I develop my own work with the Marian method, my own inner loving presences, my inner loving mother, my inner loving father being with me listening to my feelings, getting to do lots of big crying, you know, really expressing all of the loss and the rage and the powerlessness and the terror and, and so on. And that has led to deep healing. Now, we can see similar themes in our own children. So, for example, when I look at my son, he had... A really quick posterior birth. So I've shared in other epi episodes that I did something called the lifting technique with him, which I highly recommend looking into if you are likely to have a posterior birth or you've had previous ones and are going to be giving birth again. 
incredibly powerful does Germany make the birth really really quick which it really did so he had a very very quick birth and it was very intense for him and my deep sense was even though the quickness was easier in many ways for me than the long birth that my daughter had had as a posterior birth that he'd felt powerless because in a way I was I was doing this lifting technique and I was changing his position each time and when I listened to his feelings when he was a baby I really had a sense that he was expressing lots of those powerless feelings and what I saw later in his life that there were certain things that would also reconnect him with that. So in particular, when his dad and I separated when he was four or five, that powerlessness came up big time. So again, you might have heard me sharing the story. I share it a lot that you know, because we listened to so many of his feelings as a baby and as a small child, he was so present and calm and relaxed and gentle and you know really incredible it's like his face was luminescent if you've seen the cover for my book the emotional life of babies you'll really get that sense but after his dad and I separated he moved from that to hitting headbutting all of these kind of really big signs of all the feelings particularly of powerlessness and it was really big it was a really big time and I was going through so many big feelings so I certainly wasn't supporting him in the way I would have normally been able to do I was listening to feelings but not as many as he needed to I was offering loving limits and attachment play but certainly there were times where I didn't and it was a really clear sign of this theme for him. So even though I'd helped him heal from a lot of that initial powerlessness, or we had, we'd listened to a lot of crying in arms as a, when he was a baby and then crying when he was a child. It's almost like that. This these can still be, in the way I see it anyway, it's just my hypothesis, that these can kind of be echoes. So even though they might have been a lot of healing and a lot of expression of the feelings they're kind of echoes so the tracks are still faint there and if there are similar themed experiences they can kind of fill in those tracks again and those feelings can be there again to be heard to be listened to to experience reparative experiences and so for my son the dentist would also help him reconnect with that, which is also similar to me. So you can also probably see that he's also acquired one of the main themes that I had around powerlessness and also separation too. So often these things are passed down intergenerationally and that's why I so often talk about, as again, you would know if you're familiar with my work, the Marian Method work around being willing to put down the guilt sticks or the self-judgment sticks to just really understand that these pathways are powerful. And yes, we can do a whole shed load of inner work and still pass down particular pathways or susceptibilities to our children. And I think it's so important to be deeply compassionate with ourselves as well. Of course, do whatever we can to support them 
to be less affected by those, to heal from those when we have passed them down, but to, to understand those tracks. And again, again, and again, and again, those opportunities for healing when similar themes show up or similar experiences. Opportunities, of course, if there's powerlessness, opportunities for choice, opportunities for agency, opportunities to be powerful, to have a different experience. So, so important. And I'm going to share something else which is absolutely not aware parenting. So again, this is the Marian method. So I have shared quite a few things here that are more the Marian method than aware parenting. So aware parenting really being absolutely the understanding of the effects of stress and trauma on babies, children and adults. And for babies and children, they're being particular inbuilt innate ways that we are born with to heal from stress and trauma that as parents we can support our babies and children to do the work in terms of adults and the reparenting the reculturing that's the marian method work so from a marian method perspective i hold this what i call the psycho-spiritual context which holds really that we are both a soul and we have a personality and one of the things that i tend to see is that what we experience during and soon after our birth is often intimately related to what we're here to do, what we're called to do. So in my experience, I experience separation, powerlessness and also terror. And what I see so much of my work here is to support the opposite of those. So I've known those, but the opposite of separation is deep interconnectedness. And I am so here to do whatever I can in terms of my own part of helping remind us of our complete interconnectedness with each other and all of life. And that includes unconditional love. I experience powerlessness and again, so much of my work is about really understanding how powerful we are, what I call our true power, the Marian method. And the third made experience was of terror, which I really see as being really related to being in some ways the opposite of a deep sense of belonging, terror being related to powerlessness, related to separation, but in some ways the opposite being belonging. And again, I see that as part of what I'm here to contribute so I wanted to offer this way of thinking to see if any of it resonates with you, to see if you might enjoy reflecting on your own birth themes. And if you don't really know what your birth was like and you don't have a way of discovering that now, you might even notice some of the themes that you've had running through your life and start to make sense of them and be curious about them, what your birth might have been. I used to love, well, I still do, the term emotional cartography. And I used to use it a lot. And then I realized I'd got it from Stan Groff, his work I really enjoy. And you know, what I love is the more we map our themes and our unique life journey, the more we understand and make sense of it, the more healing is possible, the more we can really understand our journey and our place in our life. And yeah, bring about more wholeness and more power to experience reparative experiences to 
to experience what we've been longing for. And similarly for our children, I think it's incredibly powerful to have a sense of, for if you have one child or if you have multiple children, having a sense of like, ah, yes, this is what their birth was like. And here's the places that I can see that showing up. Here's the opportunities. And again, not from a pathological perspective, but from a curious perspective about what that might mean for them and how you can keep offering them both listening to the feelings supporting them to express the feelings, but also opportunities for reparative experiences for them to say to them things that you didn't get to say at the time or to give them experiences that they didn't have at the time, to listen to things that they didn't get to say, to support them to do what might be needed to be done that they didn't get to do at the time. And most of all, again, in terms of listening with absolute love and compassion to the experience and supporting them to feel powerful. Very, very important, those two, that deep compassion and that power. Again, in the Marian method, love and will. So I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for listening to this little mini episode. I love these little mini episodes. I love having the calling and then waiting, oh, when am I going to be willing to do that? And tonight was the night. So thank you for listening. And I'm really looking forward to being back again with the next guest. So much love to you.